0: As a soulful entrepreneur, it can be challenging to charge your worth. You just want to help people, right? Trust me, I get it. You've been discounting your programs, products, and services, and now you're starting to feel resentful of your clients and not excited to show up and serve your audience. It's because you're not aligned with your pricing. Does that sound familiar? If so, you're not alone. When I started my business as a life coach back in April, 2018, I was struggling to know what to charge for my services. When someone would ask me how much it cost to work with me, I would panic because I didn't feel confident in my pricing. I also didn't believe that I was worth what I was charging. It can be difficult, especially as women to ask for what we deserve. We don't want to make others feel uncomfortable. So we sacrifice our own comfort for theirs. Deep down, a part of us still doesn't feel like we deserve to charge our worth. I mean, who would pay that much for what you're offering? Well, the truth is, undercharging isn't doing anyone any favors. When you become aligned with your pricing, not only will you show up more powerfully, but so will your clients. And that's exactly why I've created a free guided meditation that will help you to release limiting beliefs around pricing your products and services, feel more empowered in your pricing so you can start charging your worth, and help you create massive abundance in your life and business right now. Through this guided meditation and a series of emails, I will share with you how one client went from making $2K a month and feeling stressed and overworked to making her first k month while working less and having more fun in her business. If you're ready to feel empowered in your pricing and start charging your worth, go to the link in the show notes now to download this powerful guided meditation. Aloha beautiful souls and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today my guest is Christina Jerry, who is a mindfulness and relationship coach for powerful leaders. She is a two-time national fellowship recipient for her work on science studies and gendered incarceration. While leading restorative circles at a re-entry home in South LA, she discovered her purpose as a spiritual teacher and left her academic research to pursue her life's purpose of helping others to reconnect with their inner divine. In today's conversation, Christina opens up about the journey she went on to discover her life's purpose. We talk about the toxic relationships that she had with others as well as with herself and how she started to heal those toxic patterns. She shares about how she discovered spirituality and how it transformed her life. We talk about the process of healing from the inside out and how that looked like for her along her journey. Christina is also super open and honest about the areas that she continues to struggle with and where she has opportunities to grow. She shares practical tips and action steps for anyone who might be in a toxic relationship with themselves or others. This is a powerful episode for anyone who is struggling to connect with their life's purpose or break out of a toxic pattern. If you know anyone who could benefit from listening to this episode, send them the link now or share about it on your Instagram stories and be a hero in someone else's life today. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Christina. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Lee, and I'm a business mindset coach, public speaker, world record holder, powerlifter, and self love advocate. I believe that there is so much power in owning and sharing our story, which is why on this podcast, I interview other powerful women about the challenges that they have overcome to be where they are today. My goal for this podcast is to create a safe space for all women to share their real, raw, and mostly unedited stories that will leave you empowered to live more authentically, openly, and freely. If you're looking to uplevel your happiness, success, and fulfillment, then you've come to the right place. Look at this podcast as your weekly dose of personal development and mindset work to help you shift into your most uplifted self. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Christina Jerry, who is a mindfulness coach and spiritual healer for powerful leaders. Christina helps her clients live from an inner divine, believe in themselves, and understand their transformative power more than ever before. Her coaching is rooted in balancing our feminine and masculine energies, and her energy is healing and guided by self-mastery, love, and acceptance. She is also one of my soulmate clients who I've had the pleasure of supporting in life and business. Welcome, Christina.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited for this conversation. So, i like to start with you sharing a story from your past that got you into the work that you're doing today as a mindfulness coach and spiritual healer.
1: I love it. So a little bit about my background is I did not do well in high school. So I once I dove into higher education, I had to take the alternative route. And I ended up falling in love with school through community college, transferred graduated magna cum laude, dove into undergraduate research, um, did some work in the community around kind of self-empowerment and mental health for young children. And then I went on to graduate school and I was working on my PhD. um, My research was really on gendered incarceration. So histories of how we came to police the male and female bodies differently and what that meant for normative ideas around what it means to be a woman or a man as a citizen in the United States. And in that research and in my community work around that, I was working um, at a re-entry home, which is home, a home for women who had recently been incarcerated and were now re-entering into society. So I'm super active in the community. I'm leading in my PhD program. I had been awarded two national fellowships. So I'm this power woman, right? Being groomed to be a leader in um, critical prison studies, presenting my research across the nation, helping with and then leading these empowerment circles at this reentry home and teaching women how to feel Just even like an ounce of self-worth, an ounce of empowerment, like not even full embodied self, just learning to forgive themselves, learning to love themselves and learning to navigate themselves throughout society. I myself being this power player and in this space of helping women was very toxic. The relationship that I had with myself, I was drinking, I was doing drugs, I was in an abusive relationship and nobody knew like at all and it was like all of the things I was helping so many other women either heal from get out of or prevent themselves from but I myself was in it and I felt like I couldn't tell anyone because how could I be in that situation and I also wasn't being honest with myself like I didn't even know how to be honest with myself and so what really woke me up was I became pregnant in the mix of all of that. And I was like, I need to do something. And my pregnancy woke me up and I realized that, you know, fighting against a system, right? Because most of my work was on the injustice of our incarceration system. And I was constantly fighting against how horrible this system is that it was eating me alive. And so I really learned how to have a healthy relationship with myself first And that the best way to combat this system that I believe is extremely deadly and violent is to not fight against it, but instead create something new. And if I kept fighting against policing and imprisonment, it's going to always exist. And so if I teach people like myself, teaching myself how to love myself, then we don't end up in these spaces that harm us and harm our society. So that's extremely long-winded, but it was really being in that space and learning and being in the academic and community space while at the same time in an abusive, toxic relationship and wanting to know how did I end up in this situation because I wasn't supposed to be in this situation.
0: Wow, thank you for sharing that story. And I'm curious when you went through that awakening period when you found out that you were pregnant, Did you start to share about the struggles that you were going through? Did you start to share your story? Because I know you said, like, no one knew what you were going through. So, like, what was that process like of starting to transform your life?
1: I definitely wasn't super public about it at first, not at all. I think if someone is in a toxic relationship, A lot of times we are not aware of it, right? I wasn't fully aware of how unhealthy my relationship was until I started to heal myself and realize that, hey, this is not a healthy relationship. And when you go through that process, I think having a very, very close support network, like super small and those being the only people that you share what you're going through with and letting them know like, this is what I need help with, and for them to be extreme like non-judgmental, able to help you. And so, for me, that was my younger brother um and my mom. And I lost some friends in the process because I had made this commitment to just not talk negatively because I realized that the more I talked about my drama or the am I allowed to cuss on this? Absolutely if I talked more about my shit, the more shit I got. And so I didn't want to just keep talking about poop basically. Um, and so I shared only with a close group of people who could help me get out. And then what I shared publicly, and then what I, as I started to grow my business, really what it, what I was sharing was my healing process and not the toxicness that I was in. Does that make sense?
0: I love that. I think that's a powerful distinction because I think a lot of times, you know, it, it can be a misconception around the act of being vulnerable that you just have to share everything, you know, with everyone. But I think it's really important, like you said, to find those safe spaces where you can share your story. But coming from a place of taking responsibility and wanting to find, like wanting to take action to actually, you know, improve the situation instead of just talking about it just for talking sake, you know?
1: Yes. Or for blaming or like he did this to me. Right. So you're, you're having this victim narrative. And most of the time, like I still, this ends up happening where I don't realize I'm using the victim narrative. So the very first step for me was like basically returning to like, you know, the movie Bambi and Thumper's mom says like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So it was just becoming mindful and aware of like, all right, what you focus on expands. And if I keep talking about bullshit, I keep getting bullshit. So I'm just going to not fucking talk. And then I realized with a lot of my friends, I didn't have shit to say. So those relationships dwindle. And so when I chose to start talking about healing, it wasn't even inner healing that I was focused on. My distraction that got me out of that relationship was body care and fitness, and that introduced me to a whole group of people who were focused and driven, and then it turned into another toxic relationship that I had with my body because I wasn't actually doing the inner healing around my toxicity. But at least it got me out of an abusive relationship, and it got me away from toxic friendships And now I was building new friendships that were all grounded in working on the self, bettering the self, eating healthier, going to sleep and getting sleep as much as you can as a new mom. Um, Working out, like working out was like totally new to to me. And um, I think it was important to be very open about that process and seek those new friendships Or rekindle old friendships through the framework of fitness. But again, what really led me to the work that I do now is after a year or two of being in a fitness, I realized wow, I still have a lot of toxic tendencies and addictive behaviors, and seeking attention from men and seeking validation outside of myself. And my relationship with my fitness just became just as toxic as my relationship former
0: men. Wow. I love that story. And it's just so crazy because we have such similar stories because I feel like, you know, fitness kind of helped me to get away from a lot of toxicity in my life. But at the same time, it just created another area that was toxic in terms of my relationship with my body. And, but that is what really led me then to doing the inner work and the inner healing. And I don't know if I would have gotten to that place without fitness. So I think it's just so incredible how those are intertwined. And I'm curious because, you know, from the outside, it was like you were so successful. Like you had all these accolades and such a powerhouse. What do you think led to you being in this toxic relationship or, and and these toxic environments, considering you had on the outside, everything looked like it was on the up and up?
1: Oh, my gosh. I absolutely love this question because it's so simple yet so powerful the quickest answer and then we could probably spend days talking about it is that I just didn't think I was enough and that really was rooted in from when I was a child and so any space I went into I really didn't believe I was enough and so the reason why I I now know doing a lot of the inner work, it makes sense as to why I was successful in every space that I walked into because I didn't think I was enough. So it's always overachieving. And then with the toxic relationships, the relationship I had with myself, I was never good enough for me. So no one could abuse me as bad as I abused myself. So I was numb to the abuse outside of me.
0: I think that's an an important distinction is that the toxicity, it can be in our romantic relationships, it can be in our relationships with other people, and it can even be with ourselves. And I think that's really where it often stems from, like where the root of it is, because if we don't feel like enough, if we don't have that self-worth, then we're never going to really attract the relationships that are for our highest good, because we don't feel that within ourselves.
1: Yes. And it's, and so much can stem from this, right? Like negative and positive. So me not thinking I was enough and truly believing that, like that was an absolute truth for me that I didn't even, couldn't even admit to myself. Like I had such faux confidence that if someone told me that I would have probably been gave them like the bitchiest of answers. Um, but me not be, like believing that was led to my success on the outside, but it also led to my complete inner killing in my intimate partner relationships.
0: Absolutely. So how did you start to heal those patterns then in not just your romantic relationships, but in the relationship with yourself and with others?
1: I love your questions. I The beginning for me was learning that there was something outside of traditional therapy and for me that and traditional Western medicine, because this started to viscerally impact my body. Um, I developed grade four cystic acne. I started vomiting. I was literally getting sick. I had a lump in my breast that the doctor said would never go away. And so, you know, when our spirits are diseased, the body takes on disease, right? Disease, and then stuff started happening. This happened before my pregnancy, and then I was seeking all the external ways to solve these in holistic ways. And then Malachi was born, and when he was a few months old, again, his father and I did not have a healthy relationship. So when my son went off to see his father, he's always had his father in his life, but since Malachi was like four weeks old, we've been sharing our son. So I had full custody of Malachi, but he would go with his dad for like two hours at a time, a couple days a week. And I thought, you know, two healthy minded individuals, even if you've got some drama, you can kind of set your drama aside and communicate for the child's best interest. Well, this only works if people are willing to put their shit aside. My my son's father is not willing to do that. And so I was told, again, my son is four weeks old, brand spanking new. Most mothers who, you know, have their children and have this nurturing tendency, not saying all mothers have it, but the ones who do want to know where their child is and how their child is at every single time. And they believe this to be a right. I realized it was not a right. And... It led me to teach and uh, to learn and trust in a a power greater than me, which I will call God or the universe, um, spirit. I tend to use the word spirit because my son's father told me when he, when he, our son is with him, it's none of my business. And so I had no information on how my son was when he was with his father. I received more information when my son is at preschool from his teachers to this day than I do from my son's father when my son is with his dad. So it sounds really morbid, but it it became a real reality for me that as my son was driving away with his dad, again, at just four to five weeks old, that I may never see my son again and that I needed to learn who the fuck I was and that I needed to create my happiness outside of my child because most mothers identify their happiness and everything through their children and go through a crisis when their children are either in middle school, high school, or when they leave for college or get married. And I was kind of forced to deal with this when my child was just a few weeks old. So I seeked out an alternative healer. Someone was like, you should go see a Reiki healer because at a few months old, my son started projectile vomiting like it was the freaking exorcist and it scared the shit out of me. Um, He started pooping blood and there was I was taking him to the doctors and the doctors were like, this is unexplainable. We don't know what this is. And his father wasn't going to tell me anything. and The courts couldn't do anything. And so I felt really right. All of this trauma, I felt really helpless. And so I seeked out or someone told me to go see a Reiki master and um, medium. And so I went to go see her and she was like, you're super gifted. You know, you can do this as well. And I did. I just had always been scared because I grew up in an extremely Christian household and my mother was Catholic. And so the more I learned about Reiki, the more I started meditating, I just dove all the way in. So the first few steps were seeking out something outside of therapy and something outside of Western medicine. So seeking out a healer, seeking out Reiki, seeking out, you know, something outside of what we think of as medicine here in the Western world. And then allowing myself to explore my spirit. I could probably keep going, but does that answer for the first few steps?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about that most mothers tend to put all of their happiness in their children. And I think a lot of their identity goes into their children. And You know, they often lose themselves in that process. So I really feel like through this, you've been able to reclaim yourself and keep your sense of identity, even through you know raising your son and going through these challenging circumstances.
1: It it not only helped me find myself; it helped me because that was my pattern in all of my relations, my intimate partner relationships, is that I would. I was never truly myself because I, one, really didn't understand or know my authentic self. So I always was striving to be the perfect girlfriend or the perfect wife. And so I lost myself in every relationship that I had. And Malachi really came into my life to teach me this, to really not identify with him and not lose myself in him and to to be my own person And in learning how to be my own self as a mother, that's how I parent him. I call it intuitive or mindful parenting. It's not about me showing him the correct path, but instead allowing him to create his own path and realizing that we both are so very different and we both have our own paths to walk, but we're here to journey together. And what I was going to say earlier is it sounds morbid, but how I learned to not identify with my son was what would happen if he died? How would I be happy? And then I, now that I'm starting to like open up to dating, I can so quickly identify when I start to lose myself in the stages of getting to know each other. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. So it's not that I necessarily cut that person off, but I now am, I can recognize when I'm doing that, like going down that path of toxic behaviors and say, no, I'm not going to do this. So yeah, I think Oh, thank you for recognizing that in me of like not allowing myself to lose myself in my son. And that that's taught me not to lose myself in other areas of my life.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really how you have healed that toxic pattern, because I think that that is part of the toxic pattern is, you know, losing our sense of identity, losing who we are in relationships, whether that's romantic or even friendships you know, or, you know, relationships Work. with your children, like yeah. with anybody, coworkers, your job, whatever, like putting your whole sense of identity into that thing is what creates these codependency toxic patterns.
1: Yes. Even with coaches, right? Like, and the healing freaking world, all of the like mindfulness and healing world, like what took me so long to even identify as a mindfulness coach and healer was my disgust with the codependency that still exists in those arenas of like, keep coming back for this, keep coming back for this, where like, really what I wanted to do and what I, why I'm attracted to you is like, I'm trying to help you learn, identify, undo these toxic patterns Heal yourself so that you can go do your own shit without coming back to me like a revolving
0: door. I think that's so powerful because you're really placing the power in the individual. And I think that that's really what we need more of in the world is helping individuals to reclaim their own personal power versus always feeling like they have to go outside of themselves to be made whole.
1: That right there. None of us need to go outside of ourselves to be made whole time and time again. And I think even once you have this epiphany the first time, like it's, we can read it, we can hear it, we can say it. But I think when one really experiences that their personal power comes from inside and not just inside, but probably in your deepest, darkest, most lonely space that your personal power comes right in there then you realize, wow, I am powerful, right? But we are constantly, I think, relearning that. And I don't think once you've experienced it, you're like, okay, I'm smooth sailing forever. <laughs> you relearn that one in more profound and more expansive ways.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that I like to actually touch on in these conversations is that this journey it's not about reaching a destination. You know, I think we oh, need to yes. like destroy that frame of thinking that you know we're we're aiming for a destination. Like life is about the journey and we're always going to be continuing to deepen into learning about ourselves and healing these wounds. So, I want to know like what are some of the things that you still struggle with or that you're still working on?
1: I love you. <laughs> So much. I feel like I am working on so much every single day, yet at the same time being gentle and humble with myself. As a mother, something that I work on or I struggle with is wanting to be this perfect mother, right? So still the struggle with perfection. And like, what the fuck does that even look like? Like, even what does that as even I say mean? that, I realize- <laughs> this
0: What is a perfect mom anyways? <laughs> Like But
1: it's like, you know- that my child is well-mannered or that he listens to what I say the first time that I say it, that he hugs people when we go over to see family and that he's not being a brat. And it's like so silly because I know, I know. And this is what I help people learn. is like, I can't control anyone other than myself. So why am I over here struggling with how my child acts? Like as, is, as if it's a direct, it is a direct reflection of me, but like not always in the moment. Um, not enough for me to be freaking out over it internally. So that is something I struggle with as a mother. I think personally for a body image, I still battle with, oh, not putting the creamer in my coffee or not adding the sugar in my coffee or saying no to the bread and realizing that like, Each time that that happens, it's one becoming aware, undoing that thought pattern, undoing that policing of the self and saying that's so silly and loving myself and honoring my body. Right. I think I definitely like as a business owner and entrepreneur, I still struggle with the I am not enough. And so there are things that I have to do every single day, like affirmations and making sure I'm meditating and journaling and recognizing the impact that I am having in people's lives so that I don't let, you know, that disbelief run my life. And so I think it's it's not about, like you said, it's not about the end destination as if we're going to one day never have these struggles, but that these struggles are always always going to be there but we develop ways to not let them have power over us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And so what are some of the daily like rituals or routines that you do to help keep you focusing on, you know, the positive things and not focusing on, you know, what's going wrong in your life or, you know, the areas that you wish would change?
1: Oh my gosh, I have so many examples. I give so many different assignments. And I think the reason why I've developed so many different strategies for this, so I'll share a few, is because we are not meant to be mundane and stagnant. And so I can't do the same practice for fucking ever. Um, and so I've developed different ones for myself and for my clients. And I, it's kind of like I now have this like resource library of inner healing. So one of the things that I do is I call it energetic anchors. And so before bed, what I do is I have this little baby journal next to my bed, and I just write down the things that I am doing that are working in whatever area of my life that I need to to bring that focus into, whether that's my business, whether that's mommy life, whether that's self-love, whether that's uh, dating, family relationships, money, whatever, right? So I write what I am doing. And what that does is right before bed, you're kind of in this state of where your subconscious and your conscious are kind of playing with each other. So it's the transition of like your beta and theta brain state or waves. And so when you fall asleep, you wake up in that energy. And so you really want to be conscious to go to bed into you know a productive energy. and this is how you can start reprogramming your subconscious. So for me, the energetic anchors are to like write those down. And then if you're wanting to be intentional about changing a certain area of your life, you can then write down basically like manifesting your dream life and really the feelings. Like what does it feel like to be in a relationship? How is, are they cherishing you? Are they loving you? Are they, are you feeling supported? So not, I think a lot of times when people think of manifesting, when I've worked with people about manifesting like dream partners and stuff, they want to They think of like these external things like, oh, I want her to not have any children and, you know, this, this and this. And I'm like, it doesn't really work like that. I mean, it can. But like we really want to focus on the feelings that you're going to have in in this relationship. And then you realize that you get to create that feeling right now. So writing right before bed is one of them, um, what you're doing and where you're going. The other one is Right before bed, giving yourself a voice memo. And this should only take like 10 to 20 seconds. Like, don't talk for a long time. So, go on your voice memos and like be your own cheerleader. Like, I'm so proud of you for waking up today and giving your best, showing up to work, whatever it was, right? Like, celebrate yourself on a voice memo. Then the next morning, play that voice memo and you get to realize, like, wow, I am my own cheer- cheerleader. I'm the one who can have my own back first. And then as you do this, you start to realize people start coming your way and they are your cheerle- cheerleaders and have your back. So there's two. The third one that I do is I call it my 777. And so this is in an ebook that I wrote on how to like let go and heal from your pain. And the healing practice at the end of this ebook is the 777. And this is where you look in the mirror and you tell yourself, I am proud of myself for. And you say seven things you are proud of. And if you can't come up with seven things, you just say, I am proud of myself for the same thing seven times. The second one is, I forgive myself for. And this is when you really begin to let go and forgive yourself for your deepest, darkest secrets that you don't have to tell anyone. Looking yourself in the eyes. And then the last one is, I commit to. And these are small promises to yourself. And you repeat it again seven times. And for the commitment section, it's really about starting small. So I commit to doing this practice again tomorrow. I commit to being more gentle with my, my thoughts. I commit to drinking one more glass of water. Commitments that you know you can keep. So then you don't go back down that cycle of self-shaming, self-sabotage, focusing on what you're not doing. So those are three things that I do.
0: I love it. That's so amazing. These are going to be super helpful. And I love the idea of the voice memos. That's so awesome. So, before my last question, I just want to know through all of this, the work that you've done in the inner healing, you know, now your life, I'm sure, is so different than where it was before, both on the outside and internally. So, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what has been made possible in your life now since doing the inner work?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. The biggest thing is the deepest, most profound relationships that I have. Like everywhere I go, I can connect on such a deep level. And I think, and it's become so normal for me now that I forgot that I was not this woman. <laughs> and because literally everywhere I go, I. People that come onto my path, we end up connecting so deeply because I live in that space. And because I have these deep relationships in every space, my business flows effortlessly. People seek me out because they just feel comfortable around me. My son and I travel and I feel safe when I travel. I, you know, I think as a single woman, it's very easily, it's very easy for us to believe in these lies that like, we're always under some type of dangerous freaking lens to be feared that we can't be safe in our own bodies. And I don't feel that at all anymore. And I I learned to trust the vibe. And so the biggest one is the, these deep relationships. And because I have that deep relationship with myself, it's everywhere else. And what's made possible with those deep relationships are My business grows organically. When someone does come my way, they fully trust me and they've never met me, which is like incredible. I participate in leadership programs in my city and I'm constantly connecting with other people who want to make a difference in this world. Then when it comes to pettiness, like with Um, When I'm in a space and say someone is not, you know, as spiritual, it's not a a comparison at all. But when basically when conflict arises, I'm able to respond in such a mindful way because I don't take anything personal. And so I think that's also what's led to people wanting me to be a part of whatever project they're creating, whether that's sitting on a committee for a nonprofit, whether that's helping on a startup you know, team kind of think tank to start something up. They want me to be a part of it because they realize I'm not going to be reactive. Instead, I'm going to mindfully respond when anything kind of pops up. Yeah, so I'm able to like walk into spaces and just see things for what they are. Um, and then I'm able to help my son. You know, my son sees his father every week. We now have 50-50 split custody. And my son walks into a very, you know, ex. Emotionally toxic situation and I'm able to help him heal as he's in this space and not carry this pain with him into other spaces. And so that to me is the most powerful and most important fucking thing like fuck my business and fuck my personal friendships. I mean, they are, I love them, but to be able to teach the next generation of, you know, light warriors how to really be their light in a a dark space as they grow is probably the the thing I'm most humbled and impressed by at the same time.
0: I love that. That's amazing. So before my last question, is there anything you wish I would have asked you or a final message that you want to leave?
1: What I would want to leave is that for whoever is listening to this, I still am not fully aware of the ways in which my pain impacts me. And I definitely was not aware of it, you know, five years ago, uh, six years ago, my son is turning five on March 1st. And the more that I do this inner work, the more I realize how I had limited myself. And when we learn to let go of these limiting beliefs, we realize just how powerful we are in being and that is the most magical thing to experience and to walk around feeling light and free and not thinking about what needs to happen next is blissful beyond description and that you can heal your pain and feel this bliss at the same time Like I used to always have headaches and used to always have neck aches and back aches and I have absolutely no bodily tension. And so like you deserve that too. And we don't realize how heavy our burdens are until we start to release them. So take that first step. Even if you think your life is beautiful and perfect and you think you have no pain, I'm probably 120% sure you have some type of pain because we all do.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And my final question is related to taking action because I really believe that when we take inspired action, that's how we really integrate the stuff that we learn from, you know, listening to podcasts like this and reading books. So I want to know what would be three action steps that my listeners could take today to live a more uplifted life?
1: Love this. So I would say gratitude and I have such a deeper practice of gratitude than most people, but the quickest way to practice gratitude for first step is when you give thanks at the end of the day, give thanks just for things from that day. And it really grounds you into your presence. If you're giving thanks for like everything that happened that day instead of in general. So Give thanks for what's happening right here, right now in your life. Seek out how to be still and quiet the mind. So if you don't know how to meditate, I would say seek out someone to help you begin meditating and learning how to quiet the chaos around you. And the third thing would be to do more of the fun shit. So bring pleasure into your life. Figure out what is fun for you and bring that fun energy into everything that you do.
0: Yes, to the pleasure. I love it so much. And where can everyone find you and connect with you and learn more about you?
1: So you can go to my website. It's www.xtinajeri.com. X-T-I-N-A, X-T-I-N-A, um, you can also find me on Instagram. It's Extina again, x-t-i-n-a dot jerry which is g-e-r-i that's instagram at xdina dot jerry facebook i'm christina jerry that one is with c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a again g-e-r-i yeah connect with me i would love to share my ebook that i mentioned earlier with anyone so reach out to me on any of those platforms and mention randy's podcast and i will just send you a free copy of The Letting Go ebook?
0: Yeah, I can put the link. I can put the links in the show notes for everybody so they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, your website, and then download your Letting Go ebook. Perfect. Awesome. This has been so great, Christina. I really have enjoyed this conversation and I know it's going to be so powerful for so many of my listeners. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and your wisdom and your knowledge so openly and freely. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss one. If this episode really resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you screenshot and share it with your friends and family or share it on your Instagram story. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps me spread the message and get the podcast heard by more people. For more self-love and powerlifting inspiration, come follow me on Instagram or join my private Facebook group, self-love school. The links are in the show notes and until next time, stay uplifted.